Lifeway Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. Hey, Ask Me Anything listeners, before we jump into the podcast, you know that one of the groups that helps us be able to bring this to you every day is Portable Church. Uh, You might be preparing to launch a new church or a new campus in the upcoming months. I recommend connecting with Portable Church Industries, maybe even after COVID, if you're thinking about how to get something new started, they'd be a great partner. They've been around for over 25 years. They continue to be the pioneer in crafting customized and engaging environments and rented venues with systems that significantly increase volunteer retention. They can help with everything, literally kind of a a whole package deal from whether it's on the AVL, kids ministry, lobby space, signage, storage, everything in between, starting with your vision. They're not just going to hand you something. They're going to start with your vision, and they're going to equip you with everything needed to thrive in those rented spaces. Check out their site at portablechurch.com slash Lifeway and talk to an expert today. And now I hope you enjoy Ask Me Anything. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Ask Me Anything. I'm Matt Love. I'm here with pastor, author, J.D. Greer. And I couldn't come up with a third funny thing. <laughs> On my blog, Theologian. <laughs> theologian. I could have, could have come up with that, I forgot. So, J.D., we have um, a question today. We're actually going to kind of diverge. We've done a few questions that are kind of more coronavirus related. We're going to kind of get back to just uh, a more kind of normal question for this week. But the question is, do all the promises of God still apply to me? Well, that's a tricky one. (laughs) Well, let me just say at the beginning, I'm for more taking seriously the promises of God. I mean, I feel like that's like an almost overlooked. I heard one guy say, don't, you know, we have a goal to read through the Bible in a year. You ought to pray through the Bible in the year. You go through the Bible on your knees. There are 3000 different promises that are given in scripture. And you want to that you claiming promises is the way of releasing God's power in your life. It's like a, like an untapped, it's like, it's like a bank account that you, you just never access because you never, never claim it. And so, you know, so what about ones in the old Testament? There's a lot of them, you know, about uh, if you do this, then your, your, your barns will overflow and your vats will flow with new wine and a lot of things. And, and you, I'm trying to figure out if there's any land in the Holy land that I'm entitled to. I'm just trying to double check. <laughs> That's right. Okay. So second Corinthians one twenty says that all the promises of God are yes in Christ Jesus. What does that mean exactly? Because does that mean that that I just take, whether it's promises about land, the promises about long life, the promises about prosperity? The answer is they're all yes in Christ Jesus, but not in the same way as it was to Israel because we're under a different covenant with different applications of those promises. So it's important to understand the terms of the covenant before you claim a promise. I will say that Old Testament promises under the Old Covenant still have a fulfillment in us, but not the same way it would have been fulfilled in Israel. Let's draw a few other distinctions first. Um, There are unconditional promises that we find in the Old Testament. Promises, for example, Nahum 1.7 says that God is a refuge in times of trouble. That's going to be true under either covenant, all places, all times, no one who has ever trusted in God has ever been put to shame. Isaiah 41.10 says that God will strengthen you, help you, uphold you. Um, these are just promises that, yes, you can lean on and you should because they're as true for you in your day as they were for Isaiah uh, and his people and Nahum and his people in their days. But there, there, there's kinds of promises that you've referred to, promised land, defeating enemies, rich, prosperous kingdom, having a Jewish king on the throne. Those apply to us, I, I would almost say, still by principle. Um, there's one I pray for my kids is in the Psalms that, you know, the, the, the righteous man, his kids will be mighty in the land. 
Now, I, does that mean that my kids will all become governors and Supreme Court justices and, you know, preachers big, of large church? I, I, not necessarily, but I do think there's a sense in which God wants to, the same way that he prospered them in the Old Testament, God wants to prosper us today, even if prosperity doesn't look like the TV evangelists always say that it does. I'm praying that my kids are mighty in the land because they, they lead a lot of people to Jesus. That would be God's definition of might. Um, so th- there's a sense in which these things are still applied, but not with the same, you wouldn't claim it the same way somebody did in the in the Old Testament. Okay, so just let's throw some examples out there. So, I mean, Ten Commandments uh, talks about obey your father and mother, and you will. I can't remember exactly how it goes. Live long and prosper is what's popping into my head. I don't think either that's Star right. Trek or Ten Commandments. There's <laughs> a fuzzy line two. between them. But 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 what's that? How does that play out for us? All right, well, that's actually a great example, Matt, um, because Ephesians six one, Paul actually picks that commandment up. You know, so in the Old Testament, they immediately applied that by saying God will literally lengthen your days. And, and of you as an individual and really of them as a nation, you know, in that. Paul picks it up in Ephesians 6, says, children, obey your parents in the Lord. And this is the first commandment with a promise. And and that does that mean that if a kid obeys his parents, he or she's going to live to be 110 years old? I think that would be a wrong conclusion from that. But I still think there are ways that that promise applies. One, it applies spiritually. Obedience to your parents, if your parents are walking with God, certainly leans to an eternal inheritance in Christ. I, I still think that there are earthly manifestations of that because God doesn't change and God loves to bring goodness. It's the same way I think about you know the promises about if you tie, if you give your first fruits to God, he'll multiply your provision. I've seen that promise unfold time and time again in my own life and in other people's lives. I think God actually literally fulfills that sometimes, even though I may not claim it with the same kind of like absolute specificity that in the Old Testament. Proverbs 3, 1 and 2, Deuteronomy 4, 40 are both places that say that when you obey God, he lengthens your days and in some ways prospers you in various relationships. And, and they're principles that, that show you what how God feels and God's goodness breaks in in a moment like that. So that's helpful. So let's do one more. Just as kind right. of just kind of think through. So 2 Chronicles 7, 14 says, my people who bear my name, humble themselves, pray and seek my face, turn from their evil ways. I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. Yeah, all right. So clearly that's a promise given to Israel. And a lot of times people substitute America for Israel, and that's where they go wrong with this promise, like my people, Americans, who were called by my name, you know, um, the land of the free and the home of the brave. Um, (laughs) That verse was given to Israel, and it was talking about when, you know, as because they were God's chosen people in in a theocracy, that if they sinned, God would send plagues in, and if they repented, God would immediately, you know, take them out. Well, does that mean that if America— as the new version of God's people, if we pray against the coronavirus, he's immediately going to remove it. I don't think, well, I know that's not true, but I do think there's a promise in the church that just like Israel was put there to pray toward the temple that God puts us in a society to pray about what's happening and that he is listening to our prayers, that our prayers actually move the hand of God and it, it ends up making the Great Commission go forward. Like John Wesley said, I'm convinced that everything that God does on earth, he does in answer to prayer. Um, so I think there's a fulfillment of that. I, I can take aspects of Second Chronicles seven fourteen and say that because God doesn't change, it still applies. Here's how I try to bring some cohesion to this, okay? 2 Corinthians one twenty. all the promises of God are yes in Christ Jesus. It means, first of all, it's in Christ. Even the promises that are addressed to Israel apply to us in a way because we are the new Israel, and spiritually they are fulfilled. They're, they're spiritualized in Christ. Everything that Israel hoped for and they were promised, a righteous, peace-ensuring Jewish king, forgiveness of their sins, eternal inheritance, a strength no enemy could touch, those are given to us in Christ. So that even if cancer destroys my body, I've got something that 
you know, is better than what life can give and something that death can't take away. I, John Piper said this about, about that verse, 2 Corinthians one twenty. every sinner who comes to God in Christ with all of his needs finds God turning to him in Christ with all of his promises. When a sinful person meets the holy God in Christ, what he hears is yes, everything that I've ever wanted about God's protection, his presence, his working for my good, eternal rest and fulfillment, all those things are given to me as a big yes in Christ Jesus. So that's the main way that we can claim all these promises is in Christ and whatever it means about his kingdom in our lives now and eternally. But this is the where I just want to say but. But I can also suspect that the same God who made these promises, I'll see some of the temporal fulfillment. I already used the example of giving the first fruits. I've seen too many people who have given God the first fruits and trusted him to see the fulfillment of a Malachi 3 that God began to prosper them because they, they honored him first. I'm praying this for my kids. There's a verse, Psalm 27, 13, where David said, I want to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Yes, I, I am praying that I know that if, if I'm praying for somebody who has cancer, that ultimately they're going to get the best possible life and health and inheritance in heaven forever. But Paul, you know, David is saying, I want to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I want to see, I want to see healings happen now. And so I may not be able to claim it with the same certainty that we see in Second Chronicles 7 or 1 Kings 8, but I can say, God, I know I'm eternally secure. I'm eternally healed in you, but I'd love to see this healing break in right now. I want to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, not just the land of the dead or the, you know, the, the resurrection life. I want to see it happen now. So I take these promises and say, God, you haven't changed. God, you know, let your goodness break into my life now. Yeah, I think at the very least you see in those in some of those promises just the character of God and the power of God. And so even if even and that doesn't if, change. And that doesn't change at all. And so we can always, especially I think in prayer, boldly pray for God to be as powerful as he is and how he claims to be in That's the world. That's right. Word. Well you see and you hear I mean there's some modern worship songs where they just they blur the lines and they'll start taking things that are that are you know a promises to a particular people under one covenant in a certain time. You know, I, no matter what I believe, I'm not going to get a piece of Jewish property in the Middle East, right? That's not the promise the way that God gave it to Abraham. So close. Um, I get something better, which is Christ. Jen Wilkin, my friend Jen Wilkin, um, she gives some really helpful tips on how to interpret the promises of God. I think they're good. Here, I made a little list of them. Um, first, she says, don't confuse a promise with a principle. And we've talked about that. Proverbs is full of principles. Train up a child in the way he will go. When he's old, he will not depart from it. Doesn't mean that, you know, if you raise your kid rightly, that They'll always, you know, follow Jesus. It's a principle. Um, don't ignore the context of the promise. Who's it given to? What specifically, how is it applied? Don't overlook an if in the promise, right? <laughs> there's another difference in unconditional and conditional. Don't choose a promise selectively, she says. Don't try to manipulate a promise to mean what you want mm, it to mean. That's good. And then uh, lastly, she says, don't limit a promise to your own understanding. Realize that sometimes God is going to fulfill it. Uh, one of my favorite examples of this is, you know, he promised in the book of Malachi to send Elijah the prophet, you know, before the coming of the Messiah. And everybody was like, where's Elijah? And John the Baptist is like, actually God fulfilled this, but it was in me. And that was better than if, you know, it, it had happened the way that they were thinking. So nobody was looking for the cross and resurrection and God gave an unexpected gift and it was better. Same thing happens sometimes as you're like the, the ultimate point of this promise was maybe more than I realized it was and better than anything had entered my heart or my imagination. 
That's really good. And one quick thing before we wrap up is that Jen Wilkin article that Jay just referenced is going to be in our show notes. So if you want to see the link to that, you can go check that out because it is really helpful. JD, that's great. And uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, if you don't already subscribe to Ask Me Anything, like we've said the last few weeks, we would really love it if you would subscribe just so you can get those episodes directly to your phone or wherever you listen to these. Um, we would also love it if you left us a review. Um, those reviews help our podcast get noticed and help this content get into the hands of other people. And so if this is helpful for you, if you enjoy listening to this and you get a lot out of it, go ahead and leave a review so others can as well. And then you can find our show notes and other resources at jdgrew.com. And you can follow JD on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for joining us on Ask Me Anything. <laughs>